0: good morning and welcome once again to another installment and uh we just came off a pretty in-depth study and we went through our our thanksgiving season and we're now in that time of year where i guess you start to expect certain things to hear and talk about the the things that are supposed to represent this time of year and uh if you listen to me for any length of time, one thing you should expect is the unexpected and I'm not real good at following scripts or the unwritten rules and I let the Lord dictate what we need to talk about and sometimes what the the world is throwing at us that we need to defend from so we're going to go back to the beginning a little bit today seems like whenever we need to really get in depth, that's where we find ourselves, is in the book of Genesis, where it all started, and we're going to get there momentarily. But let's uh, start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for the opportunity to get to your word today, Father. We ask now to just open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord, to receive everything you have for us today, Father. I ask you to take myself out of the way, Father, and let your true message shine through. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And uh, so... You ever notice that sometimes it's real easy to to get caught up into something? You know, uh, you might see uh, some new construction going up, a new a new building. It's going to be some kind of a, a store, or a plaza, or something like that. And so, yeah, you might turn to your social media to see what's this going to be. And then you might, from some group or or something, they might say, "Well, it's going to be this," or "It's going to be that." And then just from That, we we start to spread it. And somebody asks, what's that new building going to be down the road? Well, it's going to be a a Dollar General. It's going to be a a Sam's Club, whatever the case may be. Just to find out that once it gets close to completion, they start putting the signs up on the side of the building that that information was incorrect. We tend to follow things that, that sound good. And you ever notice that sometimes we are so defensive we hate to be wrong we love to be right and we love to have our point of view known and we will defend it till the bitter end no matter what facts say no matter what truth says No matter what anything says, we want to defend that to the better end because it's what we believe. We put our our stake on it. We have put planted our flag on that mountain and we tend to defend it. Even though that we might be dead wrong. And the question is, what do we have as our foundation of truth? Because you know, we're human. We make mistakes. They have these exercises where you talk to someone and you tell a story and you pass it from person to person. And then it goes along the room in secret and then the last person tells what the conversation was about. And it changes because as things go on, we start to put our little spin on things. You know, uh, as we consume media... We watch movies, we watch television shows, we read books, we listen to songs, and we're always looking for something that's new and original. You know, we get a lot of remakes these days. You know, uh, started at the end of November, they started playing all the Christmas songs, and Sirius XM, they devote three or four channels to nothing but the holiday classics, And what I've noticed is, is that we kind of have the same group of songs and they just keep getting re-recorded, re-recorded, re-recorded. Everybody gets, grabs them up and puts their own spin on it, but it's still the same thing over and over again. We get very little new when it comes to these things. We uh, have our Christmas specials that have been on since the 50s that come on every single season. It's our our Christmas classics, and we get very little new. And we've always just accepted that, because that's the way it's always been. So when we find something that we deem original, we, we tend to gravitate that because it's something different. However, if you look into most things deeply, you're going to find that... There's not a lot of originality to it. That most things have been taken from something else. We have literary classics, books, and we'll see that they were influenced by other writers, other stories. We see that many times that characters in a book or a screenplay are based on some type of person whether it be some historical or predominant figure or maybe just someone they knew in real life and they'll take elements from that person or even elements of their own life and character and they implant it into these things we see a lot of the classics and a lot of these stories come from lore and tales of ancient times Everything evolves from something else. So, where do we develop our our truth from? Because many times when someone is defending something so hard, they have really no basis of where their opinion comes from. It's just... Oh, I'm right. I know I'm right. Or it's something that I read. It's something that I've seen. But in life, we really only have one truth. And that is the word of God. Because God cannot lie. God doesn't twist things. God doesn't put a spin on it. God simply tells The truth. And we have to have something that we can filter everything else through. We have to have something to compare it to. If we're doing handwriting samples, they get an original signature from a known source, they know for a fact this is the person's signature, and they look at characteristics from each one. How do they make the T? How do they make the O? How are these things shaped? They're taking something from the original source. That's what we have to do. We have to take and pull from the original source. Genesis 3, chapter 3. You know, we've heard this many times and we'll continue to do it because this is the source of our issues the fall of man now the serpent was more subtile than any of the beasts of the field which made Lord God had made and he said unto the woman ye had God said ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is the midst of the garden, God said, Ye shall not eat, neither shall ye touch, ye at least ye will die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God... Do knoweth that in the days they eat thereof for your eyes shall be opened and ye shall be gods knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasing to the eyes and the tree to be desired make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat. And she also gave it to her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called on the Adam and he said, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. And I hid myself. God created everything. He placed man and woman in the garden, He provided everything that they needed. God never caused any harm to come to them, God never lied to them. God never did any ill thing. And can you imagine? We see here, I went a little bit further and I said because they seemed that in the cool of the day, God was walking. Could you imagine that? Being in the presence of our Lord, being in this perfect environment that he had created for them, having every need met without any effort, having companionship, having fellowship with the Lord, having everything this was heaven on earth and because of a lie it all changed let's uh let's flash forward we live with a bunch of different people today that have a bunch of different opinions we can see from the decline of church from the decline of the world that people are turning from God. They are not embracing Him. Not my opinion. That is fact. We can see proof of it. We have evidence of it. People are choosing not to believe in God. See, because if we don't believe in God, we don't have to worry about things like heaven and hell. We don't have to worry about things like Satan. We don't have to worry about having a code of conduct. We don't have to worry about... Sinning, We don't have to worry about all these things that we should be governing ourselves to because we just simply choose not to believe. But it gets worse because we have believers, stated believers, but yet they want to pick and choose what they want to believe in. They like the idea of heaven, but they reject the idea of hell. They like the idea... Of a loving God. But they reject the idea. Of having to follow his commandments. They like the idea. Of going to heaven. But they reject the idea. Of salvation. They reject. Jesus. They want to pick and choose. But it's not that way. It's an all or nothing. We have to embrace everything. That god has given us and it's all a lie anything but 100 god is a lie we find it hard to believe that we have people that are in control that would lie to us people find that hard to believe They find it hard to believe that everything that we see through the news and through media can possibly not be the truth. They find that hard to believe. But yet we go back. We go back to the the very beginning. We're going back to the very beginning before we've had centuries of sin, before it's built up and passed down for generations. The very beginning, and we see a lie. We see Satan tell a lie. Because he is what? The deceiver. And we see that, you know, he didn't even come himself. He came in the form of the the serpent. How many serpents are we encountering each and every day? that it looks a something of the world. It sounds a something of the world, but it's something more. Many, many times I stand up here and I say, we're either serving the light or serving the darkness. That you have to make a choice. You have to be one or the other. How many servants do we have of Satan? So many just from from default because they choose not to side with God. And then there's so many more that actively embrace it. That not only are they disinterested in God, They are disinterested in humanity and they want to stop it. They want to hurt their fellow man. They want to hurt God. And they will embrace whatever darkness it takes to do it. We see the lie in the very beginning. If you touch it, you will die. And that's exactly what happened. It killed mankind. Lucky for us that we have a loving, loving God that sent his son to be able to restore that connection. To be able to provide a way for us to get back to our true home of heaven. And it wasn't based on any fact. We know that because it was a lie. You know, so many times when people want to prove their point, they have a preponderance of of evidence that they have twisted around to use to prove their point. And they want to, to show you this and show you that and take things out of context. And they have all these different things they want to present to you. But yet, all the serpent had to do was just say, no, it's not that way. It's not that way. It's not what God said. And I wonder, why is it that he was, was so convincing? What was it that made him disregard everything that God had said? And in that moment of weakness. We're always wanting something more. They had everything they needed. But yet they wanted something more. They tell you a story. You can be like God's. And that is what's happening today. Today. We have Satan, and he's using all of his little serpents. Some willingly, some just don't know any better. They're just falling into it. But these serpents are sticking out their fork and tongues, and they are whispering lies. Why are we talking about this today? Over the last couple weeks, I've just seen such a preponderance of things in the world that just goes against God. It was an article of a archaeological dig, and they're trying to use that to discredit the word of God. To show that, oh, well, these things that's written down couldn't have taken place because of this. Because, oh, this dating doesn't line up with this, and this doesn't line up with that. And they didn't write this down. And this was a major thing that we think should have been in there. So because they didn't write it down, there's got to be a problem. And they say that the, the Word of God is not a a, a historical document that is more to be taken like a poem or a work of literature. Lies. God tells me this is his inspired word. That is the truth. And just because it's a consensus, just because this is what A few people believe to be true. That is not the truth. There's nothing to base it on. The Word tells us that we can't even know everything that Jesus did during His ministry because there's not enough volumes to contain it all. So I think that it would be reasonable to believe That we might omit some of these things that the archaeologists think deemed to be important. Because these archaeologists are not God. And they do not know what we need. Only God knows what we need. And he has given us everything that we need in his word. They use in the name of science. You know, science is only true after it's been done over and over again. But the problem even with that is, at some point in time, those results may vary. Because we find out new information. We find out how to do something different. And what we deem to be fact at one point may change sometime in the future because unlike God, we do not have all the answers and we do not know the beginning from the end. We have, I remember growing up looking through encyclopedias. Back in school, that was how you got your information before the internet. You'd have to pull out the volume and look up what you what you have and you'd have to uh, you remember citing the information in your bibliography where you got the information from and you'd have to paraphrase them that work and do your report and and uh, I remember those things it's interesting now if you can get your hands on an old set of encyclopedias and pull something out and take a look and look at During that publication, what was considered fact? And look at how much has changed now. They're obsolete in many ways because the facts have changed. We have to base conclusions on the information that we have. And many times we don't have all the information, but yet we want to take what information we have and we want to formulate an opinion. And that's okay. We can have our own opinions because that's what we do as humans. We're free thinkers. And... Our mind is so complex that it's going to take this information and also not only is it going to formulate an opinion, it's going to fill in the blanks. That's a fact. It will fill in the blanks. It does not like a broken chain of events, it will put stuff together for you. But when we take our opinions and we start putting it out there and we start forcing it upon others, that is when. We have some serious problems because as the information changes, so may our opinion. And when we are in a place of stature or celebrity, our opinion is heavily weighted upon the masses. We had a young man that just uh, went through a terrible situation. He was put in a situation and based on initial information, you might think, well he had it he brought it upon himself. and that's up to opinion. And then he went through a, a trial and then was found not guilty. And for most points in history, that would be the end of it. But we now we have opinions that was formulated prior and during and after that are still being presented. Not based on any kind of outcome, not based on any kind of facts, but they're based on feelings. They're based on opinion. Because they have an agenda that they want to see accomplished. And people are willing to go to great lengths to accomplish their agenda that is driven by their opinion. God gives us guidelines to follow in every aspect of our lives. So people say that the Bible is outdated, that it's not real, that it don't work in this society, but God's word is everlasting. And the only reason that we want to discredit it is so we can get that out of the way. So we don't have to use that as an argument and we have to defend what we want. We can just do what we may because we're discrediting God. And that's what Satan wants us to do. It is a struggle to have faith on a daily basis. We was talking about that earlier this morning before we got started. And we are ransacked by things of the world. We have things that just come out of left field, just really knock us to our knees. And we start running through all the what-if scenarios And sometimes it's just really, not sometimes, it's all the time. It's hard to turn it over to God, to let him just handle it and believe everything's going to be okay. Because there's so much that dictates that it's not. There's so much that gets into our minds that tell us it's not going to be okay. And there's all these things that can go wrong. And then we have the world that eats that up. We have Satan that just eats that up because that's what he wants to be. He wants us in a state of turmoil. He wants us to be unfocused. He wants us to have no faith, to be in fear. Because that is everything that is in complete and total opposite of what the word of God tells us. He tells us to be strong, to have faith, that fear, that hate, that unrest. These things are not of God. You know, that's the things that we are looking for. We're looking to be loved. We're looking to be at peace. We're looking to have happiness. And the way that we do that is, is to follow his letter that he wrote to us. He's given us all the guidelines. And it's tough at first. And it's tough as we navigate it. But that is the only way to try and true peace and true happiness is to follow the word of God. And we see it. We see his followers, his devoted followers. They've had everything in the world happen to them. They've had some bad situations and still what? They're singing his praises. They're holding their head up high because they are covered in that peace that only God can bring. This world has become a mess. We're into the the holiday season. And it's supposed to be a time that is meant to celebrate the birth of Christ. And yes, we can talk about that. We know that he wasn't born this time of year. We know that he never asked us to celebrate his birthday. That's never part of anything that Christ commanded, that God commanded. We know that it's a lot of Pagan rituals is being brought forward. But in the end, it's an opportunity for us to talk about Christ, to celebrate him. So I think that any time that we can celebrate our Lord and Savior, that we should do it full force. That we can, when we can come together as families, when we can come together as communities, that we can fellowship, that we can... Have fun with one another. That we can love. That we can give. That that's things we should do. Because that are things of Christ. And Satan sees that. So. He wants to do something about it. I talked about earlier. That we don't see. A lot of new stuff come out for the holiday season. We see a lot of the old stuff over and over again. Well, I just seen yesterday they're going to have a new Christmas special. Animated. But here's the catch. It doesn't believe that Santa Claus is good because he is a a white male. And that he needs to be replaced With something else. Another high budget commercial features Santa Claus as a figure in a homosexual relationship. Now, I don't know what your stance is on Santa Claus. Each family's different, but I know that there's millions of kids that are, are drawn. And personally, I don't think that this icon needs to be smeared with the sinful ways of the world. I don't think that the target audience of five and six years old need to be concerned with the teachings of critical race theory. Because God doesn't have a race theory at all. He doesn't. He says we are all brothers and sisters. says the only ones we should avoid is the non-believers because they're going to take us in a bad path. We are all equal in his eyes. And I think it's very sad that we as a society think that people should be held back from success because of how they look. I think it's very sad as a society that we think that people cannot achieve great things because of how they look. Because we can look at race, we can look at gender, and we can see In every category, people that have rose to greatness. We can see people that have fell from grace. And we can see people all down the middle. We can't put things in a formula and shake it up and make it come out a certain way. We should love everyone equally. We should take care of each other equally. The only disadvantages are caused by ourselves. It's a battlefield in the mind many times. Because we look at ourselves, we look at where we are right now and we tell you that we can't Go any further. Well, you can. All you need is the right help. And it doesn't come in the force of a theory. It doesn't come in the force of an act or a bill or a law. It comes by aligning yourself with the kingdom of heaven. By accepting our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. By coming together with God. We have a new variant of the coronavirus. It seems like that's a staple in the daily news. I don't think we've went a day in the last year and a half that we haven't heard that word. And it's funny that every time that we get our vaccination numbers up, we come up with a new booster, there's always another something to come along that's going to change up everything, that resets the scales, that we have to go back and worry and be panicked again. It's because that's what Satan wants. There's always going to be something to fear If we let it. We can go back through history. And we can look at all of the the different things that's happened. I mean, if you want something to worry about, you can find something to worry about. But God tells us to cast his cares upon him. If you are a born again believer, there is nothing To fear. Our worst case scenario in life is we end up, we end life here and we wake up in heaven. We wake up in heaven. That's what it's like to be a born again believer. That's our worst case scenario. We're all going to die sometime. That's our worst case. But to live in fear each and every day. And, I, and I've seen, seen some of the panic. The people are scared to get close to one another. I mean, just pure shock and fear. Worried about getting sick with something that has a 99% survival rate. I'd be more concerned about leprosy. That was a scary disease. But yet, Jesus walked amongst them. Because he had no fear, he had God on his side. Jesus walked amongst the lepers, he healed them. And then he says, What? That we can do the same things that he did and things that are greater. yet we're worried about getting sick how are we going to lay our hands upon the sick if we're scared to touch them oh wait that's what satan wants us to do how are we going to come together one another and be in sync in prayer if we're scared to get oh wait that's what satan wants us to do It's all lies. But we have the ultimate polygraph. God has given us his word. So all we got to do is is filter through it. We hear it. We say, what does the word of God say about that? It's in there. Everything we need is in there. And if it don't line up with it, we know that it's not true. And we know that we don't need it.